This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Alyssa almost fell off the table because she tried to play herself. What's going on, beautiful people? Happy Sunday. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR. Ah, the voice of Harlem. Are you just tuning in for the first time? If you are just tuning in, my name is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. It's not Dark Skin Swindle anymore. Sometimes I forget that. Or you can find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz, where I have been recently very active and proud of myself. Or you can go on Snapchat, but I don't really use that because Rihanna said it's canceled at Dark Skin Swindle. And of course, the Facebook, where I start the Facebook wars with the ashy elbowed hotel boys and girls too sometimes. And you can always talk to me there. And we have one hello. A show for you today but before we get there i want to introduce the starting three in the studio with me today Alyssa, snapback fuchs talk to them what's up i'm back uh, um i'm tired i have to get like back into the swing of this um no so uh my name is Alyssa fuchs i am your political and legal correspondent of course um i think the catchphrase was talk legal to me um but anyways um you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I. Uh, and uh, if you're nasty and you want to follow me on Twitter, you can <laughs> you can do that at Alyssa Fuchs, I-L-Y-S-S-A. I don't know. I say the nastier stuff on Twitter for some reason. I get all, I got to get those like... What do you call those in? Clapbacks? You be talking about the groceries on Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, let me tell you about the legal I'll be like, of groceries. Yesterday, I went to Costco <laughs> in Harlem. And they tried to put raisins in my collard greens, so I fought them. Ugh. What? Who? What? You know, we should talk about that during the news wrap Wait, up. Real quick. Let me tell you how Marilyn played herself. So she's been making <laughs> wait, fun wait, of me. Wait, wait. Before you tell us that, why don't you let her tell us who oh, she yeah, is? Oh, yeah. We do have a special guest in the studio. Go ahead. <laughs> You're not going to introduce me. I'm not going to get an introduction. You get to introduce yourself. That's how it goes. <laughs> well, I go by the name of Slim. I am the creator and host of Lisa Lips Podcast. Um, pretty much that's a Black Girls Diary type of podcast. Uh, we talk about things that most women, especially black women, are probably shy or scared to talk about in public. We just address those issues. Mm. And we have a lot of hot topics. We also deal with different artists, underground artists. We interview a lot of artists that um, come onto our show. They perform, etc. We promote them as well. I mean, you're literally telling everybody in Harlem now to hit you up. Cause of they, course. Anybody yes, who's got follow a mix, us. Anybody who's got a mixtape. <laughs> exactly. Follow <laughs> us at lethal underscore lips with a Z underscore podcast um, on Instagram and Facebook. Part also. of the Be Heard Radio Network, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Also, um, you can follow me at urban underscore classic with a Q, not a C. Do you still use Twitter? Because I'm on Twitter and I never no, see you no, on there. No. You can't tell them that. Now they're not, they not going to follow you for sure. But Twitter, who was using Twitter went on a dry whoa, whoa, spell whoa. for a while. Twitter but went on a dry back. spell for credit card scammers and bottle girls. But for everyone else, oh, we're still on there. Stanley, did you know room? that I was a Nigerian prince and that my mother's being held in captivity <laughs> and that you have to send $10,000 right now? What? <laughs> you never heard of one of these scams? The scams? Of course. Come yeah. on. I know I know the scam, but I didn't know you was the one scamming my mother. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, obviously. Nah, nah. It's too late now. <laughs> You know what Fuchs means in Swahili? Still your credit card information. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, guys, we have one hell of a show for you today. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers yes, out there, and even the ugly ones, too. And thank you, Catherine Marrow, for tuning in on Facebook Live. If you're on Facebook Live, we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to give us money on Patreon, patreon.com slash beheardradio. $5 a month gets you early access to the show. How early? You get it in the morning of Monday. It comes out Monday morning, so I guess not that early. But anyways, guys, we are talking about black moms in the mattering because, as you know, there has been an attack on black women in this country forever. But now there seems to be an extremely high mortality rate within black mothers and the incarceration rate for black women and all women in particular, honestly, has been skyrocketing. So as fewer men are going to prisons or spending less times in prisons, we've also seen a corresponding spike in women going to prisons. And usually those women are there for domestic violence. Um, survivors, they're there for drug addiction or for sex work. So this Sunday, right now actually, we are going to have a deep dive conversation about that. And if you want to conversate and join in, the number is 212-650-6903, or you can tweet us at beheard underscore radio. And if you're classy, Facebook Live, leave a comment. And of course, we got plenty of news stories. Alyssa, what are some things we might talk about in a news roundup? Uh, white people calling the cops on black people because they're scared or racist or <laughs> some combination of both of those things. <laughs> Um, we might also talk about Donald Trump because, the you Trump. know, he's scared and racist or both of those <laughs> things. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else happened this week? I don't know. Kim, Kim Jong-un, um, you know, he might, he might give up his nuclear weapons, although I don't believe that oh, for a hot God. second. Um, no, because he's scared of the racist. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so far, we've hit three plays on words. I'm killing it this morning <laughs> on Nal- my first morning back. Naledi, is there, is there is like any news stories that you care about that you're excited to talk about today? Well, I want to hear more about the uh, black women that are actually being inca- incarcerated oh. because this is stuff I really didn't know. You know, we talk about the black men in the community that mm-hmm. are constantly being locked up and we always have like a movement but then but it seems like we are always forgotten. And I don't know, you see my Facebook. I yeah. talk and I rant and I rave about black women mattering <laughs> as well and it seems to almost um, get treated as the way black white people treat black people, where yeah. it's kind of like an all lives matter kind of situation when we talk about black women mattering just as much as black men. So, mm. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. So yeah. thank you. Good. Mm-hmm. So guys, we do have the latest <laughs> show for you today. And if you are excited to hear us, make sure you give us a call or tweet us or go on Facebook Live. But until then, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, it'll be the news roundup. We are back on Let Your Voice I, 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 The last I checked, she's already very, very pregnant, and um, it's not yours. Even more better. That means More better? <laughs> yeah, you know why, right? Since when is that a you word? shoot the club <laughs> up. Oh, I can't say that anymore because of... Anyways, guys, we are back You're on Let Your Voice like Be Heard. And by that, he means in the video <laughs> game. In the video no, game. No, no, I meant something else. <laughs> My head is know what I'm talking about. We I are, know what you're talking about. We, as I said, my head is. <laughs> I'm trying to cover for you, man. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs. I'm also what, here what? with Naledi Slim. Urban Classics, Anderson. <laughs> if you're looking for Selena and Jackie, they are both taking the Sunday off. Selena is going to church camp, and Jackie is, church well, Jackie, I don't know. That one time at church camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you guys, church when we first got an opportunity to come do a show here, Selena was was not going to do it because she didn't want it to interfere with her church. 
And I remember I told her, I said, if you decide not to come here to go to church, I will leave Let Your Voice Be Heard and start a show called Be Heard Radio and do it here by myself. <laughs> and that's how we got to WHCR. Church Thank- camps are for freaks, though. They're- We're going to talk about that later. But guys, <laughs> anyways, we have a packed show for you today and we do have some news stories. And this is the news roundup where we talk about those news stories. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or maybe even do the cat daddy while This Is America was playing. And speaking of This Is America, I want to start off the news roundup with This Is America. Childish Gambino's newest song and video yes. that came out last week on, on Saturday Night Live, technically, but, but the video came out Sunday morning. Most of us had not seen it, so we couldn't really talk about it, and then we well, all we seen did. it now. <laughs> Holy cow. It was amazing. Thoughts? Nelody. Well, we spoke about it on my show, actually. Um, I love the video, and um, I actually saw a follow-up interview where they asked him about the video, and he mm-hmm. pretty much said that the video is left for open interpretation. He didn't mm-hmm. want to put a plug on it by explaining any thoughts or any of his thoughts on the video. He just wanted to leave it for open interpretation. That so. means he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of hot takes about this video, about symbols and imagery and right. stuff that I have that I missed, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, one of the things that I didn't realize, even after watching the video two or three times, is that the pants that he are, he's wearing in the video yes, are replicas of um, pants that were worn by Confederate, Confederate. Army. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And there are several other... I mean, I noticed right away the cradling of the guns while the innocent victims are dragged away. Obviously, the, the shooting of the choir was meant to represent um, the killing that was done by actually we don't name killers we yeah. only name the people the the unfortunate uh, events that happened at the ame church um and uh those things were quite obvious but then after you know i, I started reading a lot of articles and stuff i started seeing a lot of things that i didn't see the first couple of times yeah. that i you know as he said i think was just stuff that he wants people to interpret the way they see fit yeah, what's so funny about the cradling of the guns i don't know if it's because i'm from the hood i watch too many hood movies Brooklyn. but i did pick up on it as cradling the gun i always thought it was just like they're just trying to wipe his fingerprints off that's the same thing i thought when i saw <laughs> yeah, it yeah i didn't take that's it that way that gun got a couple of bodies. Yeah, on that's gotta, what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah, trying that. to keep him innocent. <laughs> yeah, man. So real quick, guys, I want to do shout out to people that are listening on and watching on Facebook Live. Bill Kraft, listening all the way from Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you so much. Catherine and Marrow, I see you. Christopher, I miss you too, little man. Keep on listening. I do want to say that this video has ticked off a lot of people as well. And I know we got to talk about other things, but one piece I wanted to point out that a lot of people did not notice, so I feel smart for this, is Death is Riding on the Pale mm-hmm. White Horse, yep. which was like this political book that Everyone told you to read about the government secrets back mm-hmm. in the days. Okay. And also, it's um, a scripture in the Bible and Revelations. So if you still love Jesus Christ, I don't. I think we have mostly atheists and, and, hip, and hippies in here. <laughs> but if you still believe in Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, Ms. Deborah, you will definitely <laughs> find. Um, in Revelation, they told, behold, the pale white horse and death riding upon him. Something like that. I'm oh. probably misquoting it. So that's a pretty interesting piece in there as well. In the Jim Crow character. Sure. Yes, there we go with blackface. It was, oh man, that it was thing a lot. Was, it was filled with a lot of gems. Mm-hmm. You know what else is a lot? The Trump administration. <laughs> Always. Oh, too much. Too Yo. much. I, I can't even I can't even keep track anymore. Um can you? Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought like somebody like like we do this, like we do this every Sunday. It's like Survivor, so White House edition. This, <laughs> right. We have That's to stay in the it. news. But yo, like this has literally burnt me out. I, I just it's, I can't keep up. So here is what we know now. Donald Trump's personal lawyer, a.k.a. fixer, Michael Cohen, had taken over a AKA half... A.k.a. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul <laughs> had taken over <laughs> a half a million dollars in money from a Russian oligarch. 
that was being put into a slush fund for Donald for Donald Trump, right? He also got a half million dollars from AT&T to apparently influence Donald Trump so that AT&T could get their sale of Time Warner, I think it is. While that is happening, Donald Trump has since admitted that he did know about the payments to Stormy Daniels, right? And then, <laughs> listen, <laughs> oh my God, it's ridiculous. And all, while, all the time while this is happening, the trial is getting ready to begin for um, Paul Manafort, and he is facing 120 years in jail. Paul Manafort, as you guys may know or may not know, was Donald Trump's campaign manager, and they're still trying to get him to roll. And also, why this happened, some of these cases have been put into different regions, so it's not just in D.C. Right. One of them was put into New York State. Guess what just happened in New York State? Our attorney general got caught up in the <laughs> scandal. <laughs> so for those of you who Oh, sorry. Just that was another news story. Yeah. That's not what you were talking about. Oh, that was the first thing that came to my mind. So for those of you who don't know, Attorney General Eric Schneiderman um, had four women come out and accuse him of physical and verbal abuse. Sla- um, slapping women, choking women, threatening women. This one, you know, Eric, he said that he was just, you know, having some S and M. Yeah. So okay, Eric Schneiderman really? said he's into BDSM <laughs> and like, you know, hey, listen, as if you have a safe word, you want to be uppercutting people, but there's a safe word, it's cool. If there's no safe word, no consent, you can't just go around. Right, and consent is, it, is like a two party thing. It's not just like you think that you're engaging in S and M with her. Right. It's like she. Th- the whole point of S and M is consent. Right. So, S&M stands for consent. Nelly, but what isn't you it saying? usually the other way around most of the time? What do you mean? <laughs> isn't it like the woman is usually choking up the guy? How do you like, know? Well, <laughs> it could be dip- it depends. Hold on, depends hold on. on what I your kink is. You hear it the other oh, way around. Who, <laughs> who you heard it from, Nelly? Tell us. <laughs> oh, listen, oh, yourself. Hmm. <laughs> so pretty much, you know, the New Yorker story was the first one to come out, and he slapped the, his girlfriend so hard. Allegedly. That, allegedly that her ear started bleeding, what? and then she had to go to the hospital for it. He got on top of her, and he choked her to the point that she felt that she was blacking out allegedly and other women have come out one woman said that he was calling her his little brown slave and he kept (laughs) calling her that and choking her until she called him master allegedly he told a woman that i make the laws and if you know you if i don't like what you're doing i will make a law to get you and you can't stop me he slapped the woman and she hit him back and he said allegedly thank you Alyssa." and he said i'm um i'm a federal official what you just did is a it's a first class felony and you can go to jail and this one so hurts. He's power tripping, pretty much. This pretty one much. hurts <laughs> deep. Eric Schneiderman was a political hero to me. He was somebody who I seen as like a progressive champion. So this in action, we just had a fundraiser where he was a keynote speaker. So this one hit hard. A lot of skeletons seem to be falling out of people's closets. A lot of BDSM skeletons. My goodness. <laughs> right. I mean, look, yeah, it, it's it's very disconcerting, um, you know, just to hear these allegations in general. But even more so when you have somebody who puts himself out there as a champion of women, as somebody who protects mm-hmm. women, as somebody who actually worked very hard to pass a law in New York State um, to protect women from strangulation, since, uh, you know, there was very uh, big issues surrounding the fact that sometimes it was hard to tell um, that a woman had been assaulted because it was a strangulation, and he was instrumental in passing legislation surrounding that issue. Um, also, you know, was a champion of women's rights, um, fighting Donald Trump and uh, many other things. So, you know, there's like a, it's like a, Duel getting stabbed twice, right, Stanley? It's like the first is just the the stab wound of hearing these things in general and being like, oh, man, he's trash. But then the second stab wound is like looking at it and going, man, he was a really good advocate. And, you know, to sort of hear that his personal life didn't mirror his public life is... um, 
you know, it's upsetting and it's frustrating. Um, and obviously it's opened up a whole nother can of worms about what's going to happen in New York State in terms of who's going to be attorney general that unfortunately I don't think we have time to get into today. He's not even trash. He's allegedly an abuser. And that's just, man, I can't, I don't, and dudes, like, we just got, like, what the hell is wrong with men in this? I, I, I was going to say, because this is like. You're I mean, asking the lesbian, so. <laughs> this is obviously similar to, like, the Bill Cosby case. It's like, he was our champion, our hero. And yeah. then it's like, you hear all these stories, and it's like, it puts you in a position of, like, what do you do? Like, do you do you somehow separate their business from their personal mm-hmm. and still look at them as a champion in that business um area you know like what do you do or do you take their personal and like let it overshadow what they have done positively for the community i I think that depends (coughs) i'll say i think it depends on what the allegations are how serious they are and you know it's it's not a one-size-fits-all thing is sort of what i'm getting at and that's not to discount the fact that anytime there's serious allegations of uh, abuse or sexual misconduct that you know they shouldn't be taken seriously but in terms of your own personal opinion about where it stands you know like obviously um, you know, like for example, the Al Franken thing, right? Yeah. Nobody thinks Al, nobody thinks the Al Franken thing was good. Many people say, you know, Al Franken's trash. But if you look at those allegations, you know, you, you can't look at anything in a vacuum. He was sort accused of, of like grabbing women's butts. There was a photo of him like his hands over women's breasts, like as a silver right. Butt. I mean, and not obviously just like I don't think it, common sense dictates that both of those people should be, you know, shunned and potentially, you know, not involved in politics anymore and in some cases maybe prosecuted, but at the same time, it's very different and I think it doesn't do us any justice to talk about allegations of somebody trying to, you know, smack somebody's butt versus somebody who's literally engaging in, you know, very, very serious assault towards somebody else. So, go ahead. uh, Well, I was going to ask, like, do you guys think that this is also a case of us not really um, honing in on these issues as soon as they happen? Because... How is it that it's always years that's passed by Mm. and these stories are usually old and it's like in the prime of their um, before they even got as big as they were to be able to do the things that they've done for our community is like we kind of glossed over those issues in the beginning in the first place. Do you think now moving forward in society, we should start like really paying attention to that first cry for help? from a female at that because that's that's most of the time the case like a woman would say hey i've been abused and we ignore it until it's your fifth case sixth case and now it's an issue and this person has already made their mark in society well, and now we're like oh what do we do but like it's like being on a block like we all knew like there was that creepy guy over there yeah. on like Seneca avenue who like you knew don't talk to him and then all of a sudden like something crazy happened and he was the one that did it yeah it's a, it's the same thing but now these people also have like they have power at a different scale. But I didn't know we have more news stories. So what else we do. Um, so Cynthia Nixon uh, making yeah. waves. You know, so Cynthia Nixon made a comment this, uh, this week, which I, I think was well-intentioned. Vote for the um, No, not that one, although that one was made too. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to make that my campaign slogan, <laughs> although I'm not running for governor. Um, you know, I think her comment was well-intentioned. I think it was taken the wrong way in certain ways. Um, and people, like, misinterpreted what she was saying, and maybe she should should have been clearer, but with What's respect to marijuana. So she basically said that if we're going to legalize weed in New York City, then it should be done in a way that makes sure that black people are elevated in the marijuana business. And if you look at <laughs> studies about California and Colorado, what you find is that a lot of the times the very people who have been affected the most by marijuana enforcement, which is people of color, are the less least likely people to be able to obtain a license to do business legally. And what she was getting at is if we're going to have legal marijuana in this state, in New York State, we need to prioritize black 
black ownership um, in order to maybe she shouldn't have used the word reparations, but in order to sort of give back and to make sure that minorities are not cut out of the marijuana business like they have been in so many other states. And of course, I understood that perfectly. I don't know if she used the most eloquent words to say it, but I, I thought it made sense. I think it's a good policy. It's it a policy a that I've put forth myself and said is something we should do. Well, um, and, of course, she got dragged by a lot of people on the left who really thought that her comments were insensitive and, in some cases, maybe sort of racist. And you, you hear it here first. The people, who, the people who were dragging her, Walter <laughs> Hawk Newsom, trash. Al Sharpton, you know what? He's done a lot of work, so I won't call him trash, but problematic. They, they, mm, got, they got all spicy about this talk. Where are they in trying to legalize marijuana and exonerate the millions of black people who have marijuana charges on yes. them off their records? They're not, not just there. exonerate. Make sure that black men are able to and black women are able to get into the marijuana business get legally. Yes, because yeah. they can't. In Colorado, they can't. In Las Vegas, they can't. In New York, we have a chance to make sure it happens. And Cuomo wasn't even for marijuana legalization three weeks ago until Cynthia said she was. I don't even know if he still is. He said yeah. we're going to conduct a study. Yeah. But, um, so, Nelly, I want to actually talk to you about this because, like, you know where we come from. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. either sold weed or smoked weed. And we got plenty of friends, I know I do, who got just got arrested for smoking weed and had mm-hmm. that on our records now. Like, does, does her comments bother you more than, you know, like, the policy? No, at all. Like, I really think she has a valid point. And, you know, I feel like the people that are offended are, um... They, I don't know, maybe they feel left out. They feel like uh, they, with most policies, like one should benefit more than the other because that's what it sounds like to me. But <clears throat> in this case, she's absolutely not wrong. Like we should have always been working on getting um, black men, especially that are locked up for weed, like a bag of weed of that, that are probably still in jail for years. It's not fair. And that's part of the issue with um, within the black community that was tearing black families apart most of the time. It's, you know, people have been getting arrested for one bag of weed is <laughs> ridiculous. Listen, yeah. and notwithstanding, all statistics show that white people smoke weed at far higher rate than people of color. Right. And yet people of color are quote unquote caught for smoking weed right. at a far higher rate. And that obviously tells you something about enforcement and marijuana enforcement and racism in Even America. to how they did the, the stop and frisk. Most yeah. of the time they were looking for weed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's about to be legal in Jersey, so I'm about to go ch- go check my homegirl Priscilla. Isn't so it already legal? legal weed. Um, it's Priscilla. not yet. Not yet. Priscilla, um, thanks for listening, but let us know if it's legal in Jersey yet. Oh, Karen Morrow said, I got what she was saying. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I got what she needs. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, you got that loud pack? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Are you putting people on blast now? Um, but last but not least, before we go to a quick break, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in uh, you know, this week in Let's Call the Cops on Black People for Not Doing Anything <laughs> Wrong. Uh, we had two incidents, one at Yale, where apparently some white woman was freaked out because, uh, you know, a black student was uh, studying in the common room, which is, last I checked, where what? people study. Um, she's sleeping. And we, oh, sleeping. And we, well, sometimes you got to take a break from studying. Yeah. And we also had white woman gets freaked out because black people are barbecuing in a park where you're allowed to ba- barbecue. Yes, so. I heard of that one. But then they went back to that same park and threw a big barbecue yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley's like, this is me calling the cops on white people all summer. (laughs) You see that much? Yeah. (laughs) Listen. You don't even know. Do you guys think we'll get the same response, though? No. Absolutely not. I can can imagine me down in 911, and as soon as they pick up and they hear my black voice, I get hit like, oh. Like, stop resisting. No, no, it's like you call 911 on some white people, and then they show up and they arrest you. Yeah. Like, what do you want, Nick? Uh, civilian. (laughs) (laughs) But for the first one, 
You can't like. How do you look sinister while you're sleeping? Yeah, like she came. I smell Hennessy. And she saw the girl. <laughs> well, apparently that couch. woman has had a history of calling the cops on black students at Yale. Oh, so wow. you know, maybe it's not just about seeing the student sleeping. Maybe it's because uh, the white woman's racist. Uh, you know, yeah. just so just putting it out there. To her though, at any point, like if this is something that she's known for, and essentially calling the cops for no reason. Yeah. At one point, is she gonna get? in trouble for it she's not oh no. I, I do want to point out priscilla mentioned that the white woman in oakland as soon as the cops rolled up she was like i'm being harassed yeah hit them white tears uh, real white tears. quick <laughs> yo honestly white women tears are dangerous yeah and, and like I, I never knew how to explain it before but like you just knew it. if like a white woman was crying around you and someone saw you could get in serious trouble because like i remember in college i was debating with this girl about some some of my criminal justice, and she got mad. And she was like, "Why are you being mean to me?" And she started crying, and everybody looked at me like, "What have you done?" Mm-hmm. And so the fact they brought me into the provost office, it was crazy. And all I did was say, "Like you don't know what you're talking about." I remember watching a comedian. He actually said that um, white women are probably more powerful than white men in the sense that a white woman can like literally gentrify a whole neighborhood if she just goes into a black neighborhood for for some coffee. All of a sudden, the whole neighborhood now then <laughs> she's got to cry. No, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Um, but on that note, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're talking about how black moms matter. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll have a great conversation about um, the unfortunate fact of black women dying in childbirth at a far higher rate than white women. And also um, about black women who are currently incarcerated. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just about 30 seconds or so. Respected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected uh, person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And as Muslims, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to respect our women and to protect our women. And the only time a Muslim really gets real violent is when someone goes to molest his woman. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Naledi Slim. Hey. Urban Classics Anderson. <laughs> I had to say it with the movie voice, and I'm also here with Alyssa Fuchs. What? what? And, and if you talk spicy to me, she'll sue you. She's my lawyer. Easy. <laughs> well, it depends how spicy you talk. I don't talk. Yeah, I do talk pretty spicy. Extra spicy. But anyways, guys, we have just had a wonderful conversation during the news roundup about Eric Schneiderman. That wasn't too wonderful. And about Donald Trump. That wasn't too wonderful. And about white people calling the cops on black people. Okay, it wasn't a wonderful conversation, <laughs> but it was a conversation. But anyways, guys, we are shifting gears to have a necessary conversation. This one is about black mamas. And as Malcolm X started off the conversation for us just now, talking about the black woman being the most unprotected, underappreciated, most under-attack woman in all of the United States. And he says that he and the Muslims aim to protect them. I'm not going to debate that. But what I do want to respond to is his comments about the black woman, the underappreciated black woman, the unprotected black woman. And we know that he made these comments in 1964 at the height of the civil rights movement. And Malcolm X would unfortunately be assassinated in 1965 and not see the fruits of his labor come true. But in the year 2018, as we listen to these words, if I didn't tell you what year it was from, if I didn't tell you who it was from, you would think that it was something that was said this morning or earlier today or maybe yesterday. Because as it stands, black women are not only the most unprotected, un- unloved, 
and unrespected group, they are the most under attack group right now in 2018. And what am I talking about? Well, they die the most. They are incarcerated the most. They are abused the most. They have the highest education, but they get paid the least. It is ridiculous on all levels. And now to give you some deeper context. So folks, unless you've been living under a rock, you may know this. And if you don't know this, just listen up. In recent years, high rates of maternity mortality in the U.S. have alarmed researchers. So the thing about this is that the U.S. always says we're number one in everything, but actually the only thing we're number one in, number one in, is mortality rates. But the reason those numbers are so high is because there's a huge number of black women who are dying while giving birth. I'll put it another way: a black woman is 22% more likely to die from the heart disease than a white woman, 71% more likely to perish from cervical cancer, and 243% more likely to die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes. It is so bad and so many black women are dying from childbirth-related causes that they are actually inflating the overall United States numbers. And even though we should be doing something about this, it seems like there seems to be a stagnation in the way that we deal with black women. And this wasn't even an issue that people were paying attention to until Serena Williams. Is this Serena or Venus? Serena. Serena. Serena Williams. One of the best athletes of all time, period, gave birth to her child and she felt like something was wrong with her body and demanded she get a CAT scan. The doctors told her, no, you are fine. She said, no, something is wrong. They said, no, you're not. We're going to send you home. Her husband, a white man, started raising his voice and said, you will do something for her. They finally said, okay. They gave her a CAT scan, found out she was bleeding internally. If she didn't get that extra examination, she would have died. I have a friend of mine in 2010 who died from complications of childbirth. She gave birth to her daughter, and she wasn't feeling well. They sent her back to the doctor. The doctor said everything was okay, gave her some fluids. She went home and died in her sleep. Guess what? They put they pumped too much fluids in her body. She drowned from the inside. It happens all the time to black women. And because of those things right there, we want to start having a conversation about the attack for black women's health and what is going on. So now, you know, I think all of us have read this, the New York Times article about Serena Williams. Um, before you actually read that, did, was this even something that was, you know, in your crosshair, something you were thinking about? And if you didn't read it, but you heard me talk about it, what kind of reaction did you have just now? I'm Let's not start. having any kids. You're not? <laughs> nope. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I really felt like... I, I didn't know this information. And, you know, we all know childbirth alone is risky. So to hear that not only would you um, have complications, but be ignored for those complications because you're black, you're a black woman. It just makes you like, you know, it's like I'd rather have like either a home pregnancy or just not even have kids. Birth control works fine. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I, I was shocked to, to read about this. And, you know, I, I, I consider myself somebody who's pretty up on issues of social justice and issues facing underrepresented communities as a civil rights lawyer. Um, but, you know, this really came as news to me. I didn't know that this was the case. Um, you know, the other thing that needs to be said about the fact you know, with Serena is, you know, Serena is an affluent woman. Yeah. Um, and even her affluence did not Wasn't prevent enough. this type of thing from happening. So when you look at that in perspective, you have to say, well, what about the non-affluent woman of color? What about the low-income woman of color? What about the middle-class woman of color? Um, and, you know, if an uh, affluent black woman like Serena couldn't even get paid attention to, um, you know, what's happening with everybody else in the community that is not Serena and, you know, does not have her celebrity or her money. Um, and I think that is, of course, the bigger issue as, you know, sort of looping back around to a previous show when we were talking about 
uh, Jay-Z and Kendrick, and I said, you know, those are the outliers. Well, of yeah. course, you know, Serena is the outlier, and yet she was still in this position. Um, but, you know, then we have to look at the bigger the bigger picture issue about health care in America, mm-hmm. um, you know, because obviously black women are dying at a much higher rate of, than white women. But, you know, women in America as an overall whole are dying in childbirth at a much higher rate than other places in the developed world. Mm-hmm. And then we have to ask ourselves why. And maybe it's because we have a for profit health care system mm-hmm. um, that drives profits over people when people mm-hmm. should be driven over profits when it comes to medical and health. So, guys, just real quick, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. I want to give a shout-out to Mash McKenzie as well as Catherine Merrill and Mercedes, who just tuned in. Priscilla, it's good to see you, too. Now, Letty, I want to talk to you about this a little bit because, you know, in our communities, um, and just... So if, for those of you who don't know, Letty and I pretty much grew up together. We grew up in the same neighborhood, yep. went to the same junior high school and high school. So we have a lot of history. Like, what kind of conversations are people having about, like, childbirth and, like, their experience with the hospital? I mean, with, within the hospital alone, you know, we have Brokedale and Killer County. Yeah, <laughs> That's Killer what County, we call gang, it. Gang. You know, everyone is always scared to go to these hospitals. I remember even from young, I was like, Dad, if I ever have an emergency, just drive me right past there and take me to Manhattan with the white people like yeah. that was always in my head but to know that even if you did because you know my aunt works at Lenox Hill Hospital yeah. so in a way I'm kind of safe in a sense that like I would just go somewhere where you know someone in the hospital that's going to be on top of everything but unfortunately not everyone has right. that so like you you don't even feel safe to go to the hospital is what you're saying no well I mean and that speaks to part of the issue so when they've done studies about this um, and about why so many black women are dying during childbirth and during labor what they found is um, that the condition which is called preclinical which is um, basically to, and I'm, by the way, not a medical person, but everybody in my family is. And um, and according to Stanley, you know, I'm like the smartest person on the planet. I'm kidding. No, she Um, is. uh, You know, preeclampsia is a condition that women who are pregnant get where your blood pressure gets very, very high, sometimes dangerously high. And it is one of the number one leading causes of uh, mortality amongst pregnant women. And what they have found is that preeclampsia occurs more often in women of color, and that is due to the stress and anxiety that women of color feel about going to the hospital Mm -hmm. because of institutionalized and structural racism. It is already a known very well that when it comes to medical procedures, doctors um, and hospitals are less likely to take women's complaints seriously because women are hypothetically, you know, said to have complained too much, Mm -hmm. um, you know, blow things out of proportion um, and, you know, all of which are not particularly true when you look at it from a scientific perspective. And so now you have a black woman who's having a a potential uh, issue in her pregnancy. She may have very high blood pressure. Her blood pressure is going up even higher due to the stress and anxiety she feels over racism. And that are all contributing factors to why the mortality rate amongst black women is so high. And that really is striking when it's literally linked directly to systemic racism. So I told you she was the smartest person in the world. So, guys, I, I do want to sh- start to shift this over because we have other pieces to talk about. But the question I have for you is, what's what, how do we fix this problem? What, what are some like just t- like some very simple solutions that we can use? Like, what would pe- what would like mothers you know? What would they want to make them feel safer and better treated in hospitals and, and clinics? I mean, honestly, I feel like the best way to go maybe would be a home birth. And that would be completely honest. I mean, even in the way that they have us giving birth in the hospitals isn't necessarily the best way. Um, I think a home birth might be the best way you get along. You know, you get to know your um, your doula. 
yeah, your doula. Personally, you know, you get to build that relationship with them throughout the nine months. And that way, once it's time to give birth, you're a little bit more comfortable and at ease. Um, yeah, like to water births and things, water births and things like that. Um, other than that, I don't know. I personally don't trust a hospital on any type of level. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'll say a few things. Number one, we should have socialized health care. Um, you know, like the number one way in which we can increase access to health care, especially prenatal care, is by having a socialized single payer health care system, um, which would not only improve health care access for women of color, but would improve health care access for everybody. Um, the second thing we should do, which is something that New York City is doing right now, is uh, New York City has been working towards making sure that low income uh, communities of color and women in low income communities of color have access to doulas and midwives. This is something that mm-hmm. a lot of times white women have access to because yes. they can afford to pay for them, but women of color do not have access to because they are not covered by Medicare um, or other you know health care options that are available to low-income people. Um, that is changing here in New York City, and that is something that should change all over. And obviously, we need to you know work on systemic racism, just on the bigger picture front, in all areas of society, um, to reduce the stress that people of color feel around issues surrounding racism. And that's not something we're going to accomplish overnight, but we have to continue to talk about that issue. Um, and that's one thing that we do here on Let Your Voice Be Heard, in particularly well, which is to talk about race and figure out ways in which we can, you know, reduce the amount of racism that exists in America. And it's not going to be easy, but it can be done. I don't see color, Alyssa. So, guys, <laughs> we, we do want to shift gear just a little bit because if you're nice and depressed and frustrated about this, know that the solutions Alyssa and Letty gave are real tangible ones. And you can do your own research, too, so you can stand up for black mothers. But that's not the only thing plaguing black mothers. So last year's Mother's Day, Black Lives Matter teamed up with Vocal New York, um, Black Youth Project, Urban Justice Center, the Black um, Alliance Immigration Center, and a whole bunch of other groups to raise over $40,000 and bail out women in jails all over the country, particularly black mothers who were in jail. Because as you guys may or may not know, in New York State, in New York City in particular, at Rikers Island, 40% of the people who are there are only there because they cannot afford to pay their bails. That's the only reason why. They haven't actually been officially charged with something. Sometimes their bail is a dollar and they don't even know. So they're just sitting in these jails where it costs $65,000 a day per bed because they cannot afford a a bail. So you're criminalizing people. So what they did was they raised all this money and they called it Mama's Bail Day out and they took these mothers out today they are doing the same exact thing they raised over thirty thousand dollars again they got 10 of my dollars at least for towards this movement today and they are bailing black mothers out but what you should know is that in the last 30 years or so the united states has become the top incarcerated for women women so while we've seen lower incarceration rates overall and lower incarceration rates for men in particular the incarceration rates for women has skyrocketed there's an issue that Alyssa used to talk about a lot a couple of years ago where they were going up to sex workers or people they thought were sex workers and if they found a condom in your pocket they would arrest you so you mm. see a lot of people who are sex workers or alleged sex workers who are sitting in jails and prisons you see survivors of domestic abuse like my friend Natalie Pollard who defended herself against an abuser and then was charged with murder when he broke into her house and tried to kill her you see them sitting in jail for that you see black women and women sitting in jail because they have drug addiction issues or because they were victims of sexual assault and they can't get past that they are sitting in jail for that and because of this epidemic we now have to have movements like bail mamas out to get these women out of jail so this is an issue that obviously you guys if you didn't know about you know it now and i want to get your thoughts in there what it so 
Alyssa, I know you're pretty familiar with this because we, we talked about it in the news roundup last year. How does it make you feel to still know this is something that we still have to do? Uh, listen, it, it makes me frustrated. We should get rid of cash bail for all misdemeanor offenses um, mm-hmm. in New York City um, and all across the country, to be frank. Um, and we should even get rid of cash bail for nonviolent, low-level uh, felony offenses as well, as far as I'm concerned. But to just bring the conversation, you know, so it's like frustrating that we're still having this conversation now two, three years on since the first time we ever conversated about it. it conversated. I don't even know if that's the word. <laughs> Um, about it, about the, about <laughs> this, um, and and it's still ongoing. But just to bring this full circle back to the the beginning of this conversation, which is, um, we have black women and in prison awaiting trial who are pregnant, who then have to go through giving birth in prison. Um, and if you don't, you know, if if you don't look at it from the perspective of it's already stressful enough um, for a black woman to have to go to a hospital to give birth and all this institutionalized racism that I was just mentioning in my last comment, think about the, the woman of color who is in prison awaiting trial on a low-level drug offense because she maybe is an addict. And on top of the fact that she now has to go through labor and give birth in the prison setting, um, she also may have now an interaction with ACS and Children and Family Services because if that baby tests positive for drugs in their mm-hmm. system because she's an addict and waited too long to get help, um, you know, she could then be facing even more time and even more criminalization. Um, so, you know, like, this is one of those things where all these issues are interrelated and they affect one each other Lady, um, go ahead. you know the thing following that is now these women probably suffer from a large spectrum of PTSD you know and we're not getting help for them and and so what happens is most of the time they end up in and out of jail because they don't know how to deal and cope with their issues that they're dealing with it's not as if they're seeing a psychiatrist after the dealing with these traumatic situations you yeah. just giving birth in jail and then now you know you, you can't even see your own child anymore like those things are traumatizing and we don't even see that part as an issue now to follow those issues have you like witnessed that or experienced that or know someone who has no but i do remember stories of just pretty much young girls being caught um pulled into trafficking and then like from the ages of 13 and 14 and then now they're facing cases because they were sucked into being in trafficking and it's like it never made sense to me because it's like of course they don't know what they're doing they're not you know they don't have these are kids coming from foster care and things like that that are probably runaways and now being forced into trafficking and now they're sitting in jail (laughs) right and you know and it just doesn't if it it obviously affects the woman who is in jail which is why it's so Mm -hmm. great and so important for um you know the bail fund to be you know working hard to try and bail some of these women out and obviously there's then women who are in prison who are doing time and and this obviously doesn't apply to them because they're already sentenced but regardless of that is it affects the children because do you like to go to Rikers to visit somebody who's incarcerated pre-trial is a whole day affair, especially if you do not have a car. And if you come from a low income community of color in New York City, it's less likely that you would have a vehicle and more likely that you'd be relying on public transportation. So now you're in this position where if you want to take your children today to go visit their mother who's at Rikers Island, you are spending half the day just getting out to the island. Then yep. you get there. Then you have to be searched. Your children have to be searched. So that is a trauma that they are facing to have to go through just to get into the prison to see their mother. Then once they are inside the prison, um, in most cases, although you are now speaking to this person through glass window, through a phone, in some cases you can have an in-person visit. The jails have been doing a better, cha- uh, you know, better job uh, in getting 
you know, making special accommodations for days like Mother's Day for children to be able to actually hug their mother and versus and interact yeah. with them. Um, you know, but just like that stress on the child um, and that trauma that the child faces just to go visit their mother in jail then leads to a situation where that child may suffer from PTSD exactly. and overall drama. Exactly. And that may lead to a situation where later on in life they may be involved in the criminal justice system. Right. Um, and then that cycle continues that over and over and over happens. again. So, guys, I do want to switch gears to like kind of have like people give some closing thoughts about solutions. But before I do, I just want to shout out um, Kiana Johnson, who Priscilla Maria mentioned is doing amazing work in Maryland for building out black mothers. So there are people doing work around this. What are some things that we can do to start to like put an end to this system of like criminalization of black women in jails? I mean, like pretty much um, going off of what she said, like weeding out the misdemeanors. Like, a lot of people are sitting in jail, especially the women now, um, for just small misdemeanors. And then, like you said, they can't find bail. They don't even know what their bail is. We need to start educating them more than anything about their bail and giving them that information and just weeding out the misdemeanors. If, you know, if it's something that's not worth you sitting in jail for, we need to revisit these cases and just get them out at this point. There's no reason for them to be sitting there if it's not a big, you know, if it's something that's not a huge issue in the first place. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously that I, I had mentioned that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'll also say, um, you know, it's so hard. If you have money that you can donate to some of these bail funds, like yeah. they need funds. The, you know, this is about money um, because we're talking about cash bail. So I know not everybody has the means, but if you have the means to be able to donate even a few dollars to these bail funds to help bail women out, um, then absolutely, you know, you should donate money. If you don't have the money, then another thing you can do is donate your time. The way that a lot of these bail funds get money is to make phone calls, you know, get on social media, reach out to people. People, go on Twitter. And so even if you don't have the actual means to be able to make a donation, you can work on trying to use your time to get other people to make donations. Um, and that is a very practical thing that you can do in order to help bail some of these mothers out, um, either on Mother's Day or prior to Mother's Day, so they are home being able to spend this time with their children and so that their children do not have to go to the jails and go through the trauma of seeing them on Mother's Day. Um, but the other thing that we have to continue to work on, as I mentioned earlier, is just continuing to have conversations and to work on, um, you know, the many different variety of ways in which we as activists try and reduce the amount of racism and systemic racial issues that exist in this country. Um, because it is always until only until we tackle those bigger picture issues. Um, and of course, staying on top of your elected officials about things like single payer health care, things like um, getting rid of cash bail, things like De- you know, making marijuana legal and, you know, like decriminalizing drugs and, you know, making it so that if women are uh, caught with a low level amount of drugs that they don't go to prison for that, they're instead referred to treatment and we treat it as a um, a, a mental health problem and about right. a, 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 a health problem versus a public health problem mm-hmm. versus as a criminal problem. And, and then to take that one step further is poverty reduction, right? Because yeah. so many of these issues go back to reducing poverty. Instead of spending so much money in locking people up and in jails and prisons, if we put that money into poverty reduction, then we would see, um, you know, less people going to prison for things that surround poverty. Nobody steals diapers from CVS because <laughs> they get a, a kid from that. Right. P- women are stealing diapers from CVS. Women are stealing baby food from CVS. Women are being criminalized because they are trying to provide for their children because, of the course, if they don't and their children go unfed, then ACS is going to be called on them and they're going to end up back in the criminal justice Either and system way. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is another big issue that we need to be focusing on um, in that 
you know, if we want to keep women out of prison, then we need to support them. And especially Republicans who constantly are touting this pro-life and we care about, uh, you know, we care about children mantra, um, which is, you know, Republicans have to stop voting against initiatives that would help reduce poverty. And because children are dying. Um, and you can't call yourself pro-life if you're going to sit back and vote against anti-poverty measures. Thank you, Alyssa. So, guys, we do have to wrap it up. I want to give you a couple of closing statements. But before I do, if you are by a computer or by your phone or have a pen and a pad, write down nomoremoneybail.org. That is where you can go to donate money to bail out these black mothers. If you are in New York State and you want to do some work to help put an end to all cash bail for misdemeanor crimes, then you can work with us at Just Leadership USA, who is leading the Free New York campaign to end cash bail, to get speedy trial reform, and to get discovery reform. And, of course, through my organization, this nation of New York, we are doing the same kind of work. Listen, there is an attack on black women, whether it's their health, their well-being, their economic opportunities, or even their ability to be free. We as a country have completely failed to stand up for, protect, and look out for black women. And we've seen all the different ways in this particular show and how our mechanisms or our lack of interest in putting in mechanisms to protect them have fallen short. But this doesn't have to be a space where we talk about how bad things are and then move on. This isn't, doesn't have to be one of those things where once a year we go give mom flowers and say thank you or we talk about these issues and we sound really pissed off about them and then do nothing at all. We can turn this anger and this frustration into an every single day 24-7, 365 fight to protect the lives of black women and black mothers, to make sure that they're not being thrown in jails, that they're not being criminalized, to make sure that they have affordable access to health insurance to make sure like priscilla said that doulas and midwives are covered in health insurance because at the moment they are not to make sure that the system of criminal justice and racism that seems to be a pressure point on the backs of all black people but particularly black women is finally relieved and that system is destroyed but the only way that can ever actually happen and the only way these things will ever actually change is if you my friend listening on facebook live or on whcr.org or on twitter or on a podcast wherever you are unless you are willing to stand up and fight for our black women with that being said guys we do have to go on a break how long is a break it's about seven days long that's right guys we'll be back <laughs> next week on another exciting episode of let your voice be heard until then you miss us you can check us out on itunes you can check us out on on stitcher you can check us out on anywhere you get your podcast from and if you love us a lot if you really really love us please become a subscriber at patreon.com slash be heard radio Naledi, Alyssa, thank thanks. you for having me thanks for being here we'll see you guys next week